Okay, good morning, good morning. Today's daf is daf nun. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Rochel Ben Chaim HaKohen. And Chaim Ben Moshe Gedalia, Oraklev Bas Gershom, Eliyahu Ben Leon, and Elek Ben Pevish. May the Neshomas have an aliyah and their memory be a blessing. Um, I think we're going to go from the Mishnah at the bottom of Memtes Amul Days, 49b. Um, okay, so the Mishnah says we continue with uh, conditions in Kiddushin um, and when it would be effective. So he says, Almanas she'ani Kohen, on condition that I'm a Kohen, the nim's a Levi, and it turns out he's a Levi. So he says, uh, marry me, Aram Mukadesh on condition I'm a Kohen, turns out he's a Levi, obviously, and then we'll see that officer. Levi when a Kohen, he says, on condition that I'm a Levi, turns out he's a Kohen. Nesin when a Mamzer, he says, on condition I'm a Nesin, turns out he's a Mamzer. Mamzer when a Nesin, so it's the other way around. Ir when a Ben Krach, he says, I'm a city dweller, turns out he's from a town. Or Ben Krach and Imza Ben Ir, or he's uh, from a Krach and it turns out that he's actually from a Ir, a city. You know, kind of like uh, you hear people speak about uh, oh, for the, the people from Benoni, you know, here, or people from Emerentia, they have strong uh, ties to their roots, strong ties to their roots. He says, Yeah, marry me on condition I'm from uh, Benoni. Turns out he's not. Too bad. Uh, then, uh, yeah, it says, Amanashe Basi he says, I marry me on condition that my house is near to the bathhouse, and it turns out to be far. Or Rachat benim zakarov. On condition I have a daughter or a shifcha mugudeles. And mugudeles can either mean adult or it can mean uh, prestigious, etc. And he doesn't have. He says, I marry me on condition that I don't have a bas or shifcha mugudeles, and it turns out that he does have. On condition that he doesn't have children, and it turns out that he does have. Or Almanaz Sheyeshli Ve'Enoi. On condition that I do have, and it turns out he doesn't have children. Vukulam, all of them. Afal Pisha Omra. Even though she says, Belibi Hoyo Lolis Lihiskadesh Lo Afal Pikain. Says she says, uh, when I said I agreed to marry, it was regardless of the condition. Ainu Mukadeshes. They are not married. Ve'Chain He. Shehitosa, and so too if she misleads him. So any time he makes a condition, if it's not met, it is not a valid um, kiddushin. And this is even this is the important point that we're going to be analyzing from the mission. He says is even when she says so he says marry me on condition that uh, from a city, and it turns out he's from a town. So he'd say, okay, the marriage is void. She says, no, when I agreed to marry him, I don't care where he lived from. In my mind, in my heart, I was saying whether he comes from Johannesburg or he comes from uh, Otsun, I was going through with it anyway. So uh, still, they are not married, and obviously also the other way around. Now this is what, um, yeah, let's carry on. He says, says, there's a certain person who sold his property on, within Mand and he was traveling to Eretz Israel. So he sold his house in, because he was making Aliyah. And then it says, But when he was selling it, he didn't say anything. So he didn't say, mention, he, just, he just went through the normal sale of his house without mentioning that I'm selling it because I'm going to Eretz Israel. So, this is what we consider something in the heart, I a uh, not expressed condition, and something in the heart is not valid. We don't take into consideration. 
Where does Rava know this? I was interested in the Kamar is going to go through. Where do we know that to ignore someone's conditions that they, um, if they don't mention them? And this is even obviously where you can almost verify that it's a condition. So, if you, so let's just look at this Tosos. It's a very interesting Tosos. Dvorim Shebelev, Einam Dvorim. So on Mem Tesam with Beis, the Tosos there. And surprise, we'll see Sukkos mentioned. Um, so he says, Mashma Dafka Mishum Shaloi Pirish So we said Dvorim Shebelev are not Dvorim. So he says, and based on the explanation, what's the reason that his house the sale of his house stands. What's the reason? Because he never mentioned it's because he's making aliyah. Implies that if he would have mentioned he's making aliyah, and then it falls, the aliyah falls through, can he retract on the sale? Yes. The sales basically says, I'm selling you my house because I'm making aliyah. And then his aliyah falls through, he can expect the house back. Now, Tosasas, he says, but wait. Don't we have a general principle when you're making a condition, you have to specify the positive and the negative? And he should have to say, I'm selling you my house if I make aliyah. And if I don't make aliyah, or because I plan on making aliyah, and if I don't make aliyah, then, I'm, then the deal falls. You should have a tnai kofel. You should specify both the positive and the negative. This is This implies that it's specifically because he did not specify his words. If you would have specified, I'm selling my house because I'm going to Israel. And at the time of the sale, he would have said that he's selling it because he wants to go to Eretz Israel. Have a bottle, the sale would stand. But this is very difficult. This is my don't you need to have the double condition? Varel loy hisna, and he didn't make it. He didn't specify sheim loyeleich loyiskaim hamekach that if he does not go to Eretz Yisrael, the sale should not stand. So that's a question Tosas asked, as I just explained. So the Rashbam perish. The Rashbam explains, and this is by Gabe Esrog on an Esrog. When does this come up? So this actually didn't come up this year. But we know first day Sukkot, you actually have to own your lulav. So one of the ways, what happens if I don't have a lulav? So you give it to me as a gift on condition that I return it. Which means it's gift, and I get, and it's mine, and I get to shake and fulfill the mitzvah of lulav for. But again, if I don't return it, then the gift was void. And it was, and again, turns out retractively that I don't actually fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah. But Rashram says there, he says, Gabe Esrog al-manas im if someone lends someone their esrog, this year it doesn't work out because it only applies on the first day. When it says, take for yourself on the first day, it has to be yolt on the first day. The rest doesn't have to have that requirement. So that's why this year it's not relevant. You can borrow a lulav to be yotze. It's only on uh, when we shake lulav on the first day that you have this requirement. But either way, if he returned it, then it's a good... Then he fulfilled his, mit- his mitzvah. But if he does not return it, he does not fulfill his mitzvah. He says, but don't we need a tnai kofel? Shouldn't he say, here's the lulav and it's a good gift to you on condition to return it, but if you don't return it, then I'm cancelling the gift. You should have to say both the positive and the negative. So he says, no, honey, mili. So this is Rashbam's answer. Honey, mili, but isul kakon hiskat shili amanas she titnei mili mutsayim zuz. V'chein v'get, itkin shmo v'get, it's shirimero, etc. This is all when it comes to isul. 
Right? Things that are permitted or forbidden. Marriage, divorce, things like that. But monetary transactions, we don't say that. Monetary transactions don't need a tnaikoful. So if I'm selling my house, it's a monetary transaction, I don't have to say it. Double. I don't have to say, if I go to Eretz Israel, then it's a sale, and if I don't. I mean, this, is, this would be very common in a contract. You say, I'm selling you my house on condition I manage to sell my house within the next month or three months or whatever it is, or the thing I'm with. So you say that. Do you have to say, on condition that I do sell it, then the sale's valid, and if I don't say it? So Ashram says, no, it's a monetary transaction. You don't have to do that. So then he says, um, he says, Veloy Mehira. But Tosa says, I'm not happy with this distinction that the Rashwa makes. Says, because where do we learn our condition from? The tribe of Gad and Ruvain. Remember, they said, we want the land on the east of the Jordan on condition. And then Moshe said, okay, on condition that you go into Eretz Israel and help us conquer. And then Moshe specified, but if you don't help us going to conquer Eretz Israel, then you don't get the land on the east of the Jordan. So that's why Moshe doubled the condition. So that's where we learn that you need a double condition from. That's where we learn all our laws of condition from B'nai Gad and B'nai Ruvan. Just keep it in mind, it comes up all the time. This thing, the story, the internet of B'nai Gad and Ruvan, we learn how to structure and that you can have a condition from that. But there, it's a monetary transaction. It's they want to inherit the land on the east of the Jordan. And so we made, Moshe made a double condition with them. And so we see that in a monetary condition, you should need. Interesting, I was thinking like, we think of Inheriting Eretz Israel as a monetary thing, isn't it holy and kodosh? Is it? But yes, but it's a, primarily it comes down to finances, inheriting land, owning yes, land, yes. etc. So then he says, well, on my re, so the re explains, he says, that sorry, you need to make a distinction. And this gets very interesting. It's and you have to say, the There's some things that you don't need a double condition. Just uh, revealing it. You don't need to make a proper condition, you just need to put it out there on the table. It says, the Anansahari, the Adati, the Ahi Ovid. And we can be confident, Anansahari's literally will be witnesses, that this is why he did it. See, that's what, so the first point is, there's certain things that you don't have to make a, con, make a clear condition. You can just mention, he says, I'm selling your house because I'm making Aliyah. I'm not making a condition if, 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 you know, I'm just telling you. But it's Anansahari, it's clear that. I'm selling it because I'm making it. So too, when you I'd say standard contract house, I'm selling it on condition I can sell my house. You don't want to own two houses. Or most people can't afford So you don't want the double bond. So you're selling it on condition. So you don't have to make it a proper condition. So that's that. I'm selling my house. I'm buying or I'm selling this house on condition that deal goes through. Or I'm buying this house on condition my sale goes through. But you don't have to make it a proper formal clause. Says you just need Gilomilsa. Says Vagam Yesh Tvarim Dafilu Gilomilsa lo boy. Says there are actually things where you don't even need to have Gilomilsa. Kagon Ahita Koisa Kol Nachosav Laacherim V'Shamosh Yesh Rabeni. Because this is another case elsewhere in Shas. But if a person says, "I'm writing all my assets to you," because as far as he knows, he doesn't have a son. Turns out he does have a son. So then he doesn't even have to have mentioned. On because I don't have a son, which is I'm saying I'm writing on my property because everyone knows he's assuming it that turns out he does have a son. Well, then the, the well, I mean, we'd call it a what's it, a will, but would be void that gift. Okay, and it gives other examples of that. Um, and he says, So to you have a we're confident that he's only selling his house because he's 
making aliyah and he wants to, if he's not making aliyah, obviously he still wants to have a house to live in. Um, and therefore he doesn't have to make a proper condition. So that's quite interesting. This that we say, as a rule, you need a tnaikafel, that's actually where the condition is not kind of built into the understanding of why I'm doing it. Where the condition is built into the understanding of why I'm doing it, then you don't actually need a tnaikafel. You have to mention it, it seems. There might be times where you don't even have to mention it. That's what the reset by the case of a father writing his asset to someone else or whatever. But that's where you don't say so the times where you don't even have to mention it. But here, but here, since it's very clear that that's why he's doing it, very, very clear. Like why is he selling his house? Because he's making aliyah. Then if he doesn't put it as a proper formal doubled condition, meeting all the requirements of a condition, it's still valid. So that's quite quite interesting. We haven't discussed this before, but that's important to be aware. In conditions, yeah, you're right. We do hold you need a double condition. But that's where the condition is not really connected to what you're doing. I marry you on condition that you give me 200 zoos. Or I divorce you on condition that you give me 200 zoos. That 200 zoos has got nothing to do with the getting of the kiddushin. And if you say, but if you don't... Need so therefore you would have to make it a proper condition. Here, I'm selling my house because I'm going to Eretz Israel. Well, that's very implicit. Um, you can think of other examples in your life where we would uh, say this. Um, yeah, but let's go on. So that's very interesting. So Dvorim Shebelev, Einam Dvorim. Um, but the, the primary point we're discussing is that something that a person says in their heart is not, it doesn't count. We ignore it. You have to express it. At least now we've seen an altosis, at least to a degree it has to be expressed. Oh, just, I mean, you come into all interesting questions. What happens if a person says, I'm selling my house because I'm going to Eretz but he has three houses. So he still has a house to live in if he doesn't make aliyah. He has his second and third house. So would that be a necessary claim to double or not? Okay, so interesting questions around this. But let's carry on. It says, Where does Robin know that? If someone, no matter how strongly they're thinking it in their heart, it doesn't count. The Tanan, as we learned in the Mishnah, it's from the following Mishnah. He must offer it. Now there, the possible by offering the covenant says, Im min zohor tomim yakri venu. He will bring a close of Pesachalmoid. Yakri vosso lirtsono. He will offer it lirtsono willfully. So yakri vosso malavin shukaisen also. Yakri means make him offer it that plus you force. So you hear someone take a neder that they'll offer a korban. You can force him to offer the Quran. Says Yochel Bakorcha, telling me against his will. Tamutamid. The Torah says lirtsono according to his. Will ah you can't be forced to offer a korban. Says hokaitzat. So what do you do? The one part says it says yakrivoso. You can make him, and it says litzoyna. Yes, it's voluntary. Says no koifin. Also, you force him ad sheyoyimirotzani until he says I want to do it. Oh, but am I? In his heart, he never wanted to do it. When you're uh, twisting his arm, not going to go into whether I'm talking literally or figuratively. When you're twisting his arm to offer this korban, in his heart, he's saying I don't want to. So she should say, it's because we ignore something that a person says in the heart. So as soon as he says, I want to offer the korban, oh, what's he feeling? We can ignore his feelings. Says, the Gemara says, that's not such a good proof. He says, the deal Again, we can be confident as if we bear witnesses that he really wants atonement. So this is, I mean, this is a very similar... We'll see the similar idea, but we're kind of saying a Jew at his heart wants to do what's right. He wants the atonement he gets from bringing the God. Cheers, have a good day. The, the Jew at his heart wants to do what's right. He wants this korban. 
And therefore, even though he says yes, and he might be a little bit hesitant on the surface, deep in his heart it's what he really wants. Uh, we'll see another example of that very shortly. It says, Sorry, for says, Let's bring a proof from the safe. He says, So to with giving a woman a divorce or freeing a slave. You force him until he says, I want it. says, But am I? When you're twisting this husband's arm to give the get, and he says, okay, fine, I want to give it. In his heart, he doesn't want to. Must be because we say things, you can ignore what he's saying in his heart. So again, it's a mitzvah to listen to the sages. So when the Bayesian is twisting your arm to give a get, and the person says, we know that they're really reluctant to, and they say, okay, fine, I will give it. Then you give, you can give the get because deep in their heart they want to do what's right. This is the famous Rambam. And this has always uh, caused some interesting controversies in uh, contemporary. Remember, there's a whole scandal in America. The FBI got involved where you could go to this woman whose husbands weren't giving them a get, would go to a certain rabbi, and he had arranged thugs to actually beat up the guy to say, yes, I want to. Um, it was, I think, I mean, I think it's sad on both sides that there were women that, that were that desperate for a get, and the husband wouldn't give it, and that there was a, there was a known, uh, there was a known uh, group of rabbis wherever you'd go to to organise the get for you. Um, but that's that's based on the rampam. That again, a Jew. What's it? This is the we almost say it as a Hasidish concept, but it's a Jew. Every Jew in his heart wants to do what's right. Sometimes I look. I mean, sometimes it seems quite difficult to say that, but that's uh, that's what he's saying. And therefore, these are no proofs that dvorim shebeleiv einam dvorim. You saying, I, we saying, we're forcing him to give a get, but in his heart he doesn't want to. No, and therefore we see that you ignore what a person says in the heart. No, deep down he really wants to do what's right. So maybe you're not ignoring what's in his heart. So Ella Omar Rabbi Yosef, a different source for dvorim shebeleiv einam dvorim, says my hacha. If a man marries a woman, he says, "Well, I thought she was a, I thought she was a coin, and it turns out um, she's a levy, or she's, I thought she was a levy, turns out she's a kohenes. I thought she was poor, and turns out she's richer. They married. She did not mislead him. She didn't marry him on condition she was a kohenes, or she didn't marry on condition that she was wealthy. He says, He says, I thought. He says, I married her thinking she was a kohenes, or thinking she was wealthy, etc. says, It must be because we ignore what he says in his heart. That's why it's a, it's a valid marriage, even though in his heart he was doing it on condition. Because you ignore what he said in his heart. He says, no, He says, maybe they we're just going strict. Maybe we're not pascaling this question. Again, we're not sure whether to take what he's thinking in his heart into account. So he proposed to this woman and he says, I thought she was, and it turns out she wasn't. I thought she was a kohenas. I thought she was poor. I thought she, you know, whatever it is. Then maybe we go strict and say they married because... We want we ignore his heart, but the other way around we wouldn't. Says no. Say Elohim Rabbi Mahacha. I says I've got a different source. But Kulam Afal Pisha Amro Belibi Hoyelis Kadesh. With all of them, if she says it was in my heart to marry her, Afal Pikein, regardless. That's our Mishnah. 
I thought I'd marry her. He, she said, he said, marry me on condition that I'll come from the city, marry me on condition that I'm kind, whatever it is. And she says, yes. And then he says, then she's, and then it turns out he's not. And Amisha says, she says, I was happy to marry him regardless. She says, then I'll marry by my She says, I was happy to marry him regardless. I said in my heart, I don't care whether he's a coin or a lady, I'm marrying him anyway. Says, so we see that you ignore what's in his heart. Says, no, says, no, once he made a condition, you can't uproot the condition. And what are we saying? If he would have left it blank and or you know, or kind of mentioned it by the way. Then she can come along and say, you know what, in my heart, it didn't make a difference. But here he specifically made a condition, marry me on condition that I'm a Kohen, etc. You know, then we can't say what she's thinking negates the explicit condition. But in a normal case, maybe we could say a thought, what's in a person's heart, can negate um, an assumption. Yeah, I'd put it like that almost. Yeah. Maybe what's in your heart can can negate an assumption, but it can't negate an explicit term. So says, I'll give you another source. There was an incident with Rav Chizda, and he went to Rav Huna's yeshiva. That's how Rashi seems to explain. So he went to Rav Huna to discuss it with him. And they answered it from here. He says, can you go? I've got a sack, uh, whatever, my wallet. I left my wallet either on the windowsill or, sorry, I left my money in my wallet on the windowsill or in this little, uh, or in my wallet. In the Dluskema sounds like it is in the wallet. So he says, I left my money on the windowsill. I left my money in the wallet. Can you go bring it for me? Now, one of those is Hegdesh. It was actually money. He says, Vahevi law. And he goes and he brings it to him. He says, says, I don't have in mind that you bring me the one that's hegdesh. I meant, I was thinking of the other one. As soon since he brought from this one, from one of the options the Balabais gave him, he transgresses Ma'ila. Um, didn't the owner say in his heart? Now remember we saw this a few days ago with Me'ila. If the owner tells him to carry out the mission and he carries out the mission, then the owner transgresses Me'ila. If the owner tells him to carry out the mission and he doesn't carry out the mission, then the Shaliach transgresses Me'ila. So now here the owner says, can you go get me my money from the windowsill of my wallet? And the guy goes and brings in the money, turns or goes and spends the money on his behalf, he says, can, oh, you're going shopping, can you go, I've got some money on the windowsill or in my wallet and take it and buy me my Lula Venetra. So he goes and he does it. Now the owner says, but I wanted, in my heart, it was always to take the non-Hegdesh money. But we see here that that's the Balabayas. Now, wow, what about what the Balabais was thinking is art? It must be because we say things in a person's heart, we don't take into account. Again, maybe there the owner, there the owner, maybe he's not being sincere when he says, I only wanted to take the one that wasn't Hegdesh. Maybe he just wants to get out of 
bring in a carbon. We know if you transgress me'ila, you have to, besides paying back Hegdesh with a fit, you also have to bring carbon. So he wasn't sincere. He says, no, have a leila meimar, mazid have He could have said, I'm doing, if he wanted to get out of a person, a, a carbon, he could have said, I'm doing it on purpose. Oh, law of it in the mashfi, nafshay rishad. No, a person's never going to say they transgress me'ila on purpose. He doesn't want to come across as evil. So that's not a good viable alternative. He says, oh, but he could say, I remembered, I, before you spent the money, I remembered it was Hegdesh. The Tanyas, we learned in a price. Balabais remembers and he's thinking and he's basically saying, oh, I don't want him to spend that money. Then it's the Shaliyah who transgressed Me'ila. So there's a good, so, so again, what are we saying? If the person who sent the shaliach to get the money says, in my heart I was saying only the money that is regular, not the money that is hegdesh, he still transgresses me'ila. He said, well, maybe he's just doing it to get out of the korban. No, if he was doing it to get out of the korban, he would have said a much simpler claim. He would have said, on the way to delivering it, I remembered that it was hegdesh. On the way to the shaliach going to spend it, I remembered it was hegdesh. So he's not making that claim. So where are we holding at the moment? That the Mishnah is not open to this other possibility. That must be we ignore Dvorim Shebelev. Okay, interestingly here, the Rishonim go into certain exceptions, or on the previous page, they're going to exceptions where you would not require Dvorim Shebelev, but let's go on. Um, but that's our source. So again, if you're having a discussion with someone, and then you come out afterwards and saying, I was thinking very clearly and firmly in my heart. You ignore what they say, they think. I mean, you can almost imagine the, impract- the impractical, I don't know if it's right, but how impractical it would be in a business deal or in a transaction to say, well, I was thinking in my heart. <laughs> you know, you go through this whole fancy discussion and come up with a deal and he says, but I was thinking in my heart. But on the other, and sometimes it wouldn't be totally unreasonable. A man proposes to a woman, on certain pretexts, he's a Kohen and he comes from Cape Town, turns out he's a Levy and he comes from Brumbundin. Uh, and she says, well, when I agreed to marry him, I didn't care about those things. I was happy to marry him either way. Like there, what she says in her heart, you would expect to make a difference, but no, we ignore Tvarim Shebelev. Okay, okay, so now back to the Eretz Yisrael one. It says, Solik Balon is Hadar. And this is where he mentioned, it's not the exact case I mentioned, but there was a man who sold his property in, with, in mind, and it seems he made the condition, Rashi says, um, he said it, that he was going to Eretz Yisrael, and he went up to Eretz Yisrael, but he wasn't able to stay there. It was a fail value. He went up to Eretz Yisrael, couldn't find an apartment, couldn't find a job, whatever, but he, he did go, he did make Aliyah. So now what's the halal? He comes back to Johannesburg and he says, I want my house back. So Amarava called the Solikatatil Mahedur, who Vahala is Hadalai. Rava says, Well, when he says, I'm sending you my house because I'm making Aliyah, that includes making Aliyah and finding somewhere to live in Israel. If he doesn't manage and he comes back, he can the deal's cancelled. Ikada Omri, Atatel Mesek, for Hosalikle. So I'm saying, no, he says, I made condition, he sold the house on condition to go to Eretz Israel, and he did go to Eretz Israel. Oh, that it was a fail, that he failed in the end. He did go, so the sale stands. Interesting, I was thinking, what's this, Daniel? Here we're still having what he says, but how much do we read into what he says, which is the level of Dvarim Shebelev. Because what are we saying? When I tell you, I'll sell you my house. Because I'm going to Israel. I go to Israel. Three months later, I haven't managed to find an apartment. I haven't managed to find a job. I come back. 
Do we say, obviously, if you would have asked me at the time, so you're selling your house on condition to go to Israel, does that include finding a job or not? You know, that would have been, uh, there's a good chance we would have said yes, but how much do we take what I'm thinking into consideration in what I say, again, in light of this whole sukkah of Torah and Shabbalayf, Einam Dvarim. Another case, I hook up with the Zavnei Lenezfei, I died to the Mesak Le'eret Yisrael. There was a certain man who sold his property on condition to go to Eretz Israel, and in the end he didn't go. So he didn't even bother going. So he says, now Omar, Rabashi, Rabashi says, e boy, Solik. well, if he wanted, he could have gone. I, it's his problem. He sold his house because he's going to Eretz Israel, and then he copped out. Well, that's his problem. The sale stands. Ikad Omri, some said, Rav said, e boy, loy, Solik. I, well, could he not have gone? I, uh, ret- what's it? Rhetorically. rhetorically. Ravashi uh, says he could have gone, um, but from the negative. But at the end, both, both of those teachings of Ravashi, he's saying since he could have made Aliyah and he just didn't, it's his, it's his problem. The sale stands. So now, Mabane, what's the difference between whether Ravashi said, Iboy Solik or Iboy Loi Solik? What happens if there was a, um, an oines on the way? I, um, how Rashi explains it is, um, He heard that there were bandits on the way. I don't know, the, the route that he would have taken to go to Eretz Yisrael became uh, very unsafe. Imagine in the days when they were hijacking planes left, right, and center. Says, so you know what? Actually, I'm not going to make Aliyah this uh, this year. Um, says now, according to the first version, he cannot retract on the sale. Because if he won, could he not have gone? I make a plan. Travel with extra security. Find a large group of people traveling to Eretz Israel. You said you're selling a house because you make an Aliyah. Well, you didn't even bother. Put in the effort. And then all Elishna Basra, however, according to the second version, to come is Misma Asmue, which was rhetorically, that's where there's no, nothing preventing him. But if there is a, 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 a reason to not go, then the sale would be retracted. So, okay, all this, it says, I'm making. He says, I'm selling you my house because I'm going to Eretz Yisrael. He tries as hard as he can to get to Eretz Yisrael. He doesn't get there. He comes back. The sale is void. What happens if he doesn't bother going? So there, also again, sale stands. Because he said, I'm selling my house because I'm going to Eretz Yisrael. He can't all of a sudden say, well, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to Eretz Yisrael. But now the question of, in the language of Rav Ashi is where he said something a little bit in between. He said, I'm going to Eretz Yisrael. Um, Rav Ashi said, well, if he went, could he not have gone? Or Ravashi says, he, he um, sorry, what are the two languages of Ravashi? Um, well, if he wanted, he could have gone. Now the second language is, well, would he not have gone if he wanted, if he could? So the first version is means you have to see that he put in effort. You can't come up with silly with excuses. Okay, and if it turns out impossible, that's one thing, but. Excuse me, oh, it was a bit dangerous. So wait for another group of people and travel with them. So you're in a larger group. But in the second version, when Ravashi says, well, could he not have gone? He's saying, like, as soon as there's a slight reason to say, 
then he has a good excuse. Okay, next Mishnah. Someone says to their agent, go marry so-and-so in such a place. And he went and married her somewhere else, somewhere else. They're not married. What happens if he says, go marry so and so? Behold, she is in such a place. And he married her someone else. It's a good kiddushin. Why? Because the second one is not telling him where he wants. The first one is, go marry, can you please marry Rochel for me in Cape Town? Then that's got to be in Cape Town. But when he says, go marry me for Rochel, behold, she is in Cape Town. He's just advising him where you're most likely to find her, but go find her somewhere. But if you find her somewhere else, marry her there. Rashi says, what difference does it make where he marries her? So we'll see from the Gomorrah. But basically, you, you know in that place, they think very highly of you. So whenever she, so, so, so he, this guy comes up to him and says, I've got a, I've got a, I've been sent on a mission from my friend. He wants to marry her. She's going to ask people around her. Or someone might step up and say, but he's a rubbish. I don't marry him. He's got all these people around him in that area who are happy with it. So that would make a difference. Why he's particular where he wants her married. It says, We saw this. We taught the same mission about getting. It says, If you say, give my get to my wife in such and such a place. And he gives it somewhere else. Possible. It's invalid. He says, give my... Give my get to so and so to my wife. Behold, she is in such and such a place. Kosher, and he gives it to someone else. That's kosher. So why do we need the same teaching about getting and kiddushin? It's trich we need it. He says because if he would have said kiddushin, that's where he wants her to come close to him. So there he wants them specifically to get married in that place where they think highly of him. He has a good reputation in that place. So that's why he wants her to get married there. No one will uh, murmur against him. But in another place, maybe they hate him. They're going to speak badly about him. But it's just to send her away anyway. What difference does it make whether he's getting married in a place where the people are uh, divorced, whether the people think highly of him or lowly of him? It's just to get rid of her. The ES me inan kabe girushin if we only taught it by divorce, Baha'i Ashra Nechale Denizvi Denizvi, Baha'i Ashra Lonechale. In that place he doesn't mind being degraded by the guy who divorced his wife. But in the other place, he does mind. Says Avab Gabe Kidushin, I'm a loch basle, but Bikidushin where it doesn't affect his reputation at all, maybe he doesn't mind. Therefore, Trichu we need both cases. Okay, next Mishnah. If he marries a woman on condition that she doesn't have the Dorim, and it turns out that she does have, well then they're not married. What happens if he marries her and it comes out that they're on a Dorim? He can divorce her without a Ksuba. Very interesting. Rashi explains because on the surface you could almost assume a man doesn't want to marry a uh, remember the Gemara in the Dorim gave the metaphor, it's like living in a basket with a snake. It's very, it brings death, it brings huge trouble living in. And again, you could all also say these would be in a Dorim that affect the marriage, never mind whether she. So it's going to make things difficult. So when a man marries a woman, he's unlikely, it's almost implicit as it's, what's it, defective goods if she has a whole lot of the Dorim binding her to certain restrictions. So therefore, but maybe he, when he married her without specifying it, maybe he's happy to go with it. So, so we don't ask him to pay the ksuba because that's mamonos.
And we can assume basically a mekatos. You went and you bought your car and it turns out that half the features that come with that car standard aren't in your car. So the sale is void. But regarding Isur, maybe it would have happened. There are models without all those um, features. So maybe when you bought it, you bought it uh, whatever. And therefore, so too, yeah, when you married her, you married her whatever, even if she had a note. And therefore we insist on a get. On a get. Okay, new point. What happens if you marry a condition that she does not have any blemishes? And it turns out that she does have. Again, not a valid marriage. If he married her without specifying this condition of mumin, he can divorce her without paying a ksuba. Again, it's uh, similar to as I was mentioning with the car. Is it defective goods or not? Would he have bought, gone through with the marriage anyway? We're not so clear. So we don't expect him to pay the ksuba, but we also do expect the divorce in case he was going through with it anyway. Um, all the mumin that invalidate kohanim invalidate noshim. Okay, gonna have to go look in Bukharos which of those mumin, but it's uh, like an R slightly bigger than the other, a whole list of mumin over there. The, the Gomorrah says on this, we taught the same missioning subas. Ah, why are you repeating yourself here? Again, the Kiddushin, you can divorce without a ksuba. But you still need a divorce. Sorry, you can, yeah, you can. You need a divorce, but you don't have to pay the ksuba. Why, why is it torturing ksuba and a torture So He says, no, here it wants to teach regarding the halacha of kiddushin, that the, the kiddushin stands, you need a get. And tana ksubas atu kiddushin. So, by the way, so it taught about the ksuba because of kiddushin. And also ksubas is trichalai. Over there in ksubas we were discussing the ksuba, so we wanted to teach that you don't need to pay the ksuba. And Tani Kiddushin, I took Subba, so it's all Kiddushin, by the way. Okay, next Mishnah. If he marries two women for the value of a Pruta, or one woman without, for less than the value of a Pruta. Now we know both of those are invalid, because you need to give each woman at least a Pruta. Even if he sends her the gifts afterwards, this is not a valid marriage. How's it over here? I think there is. I'm not sure. No problem. Do you mind if we continue? Um, okay, so because you send the, oh what are savlanus? Savlanus are standard gifts that a groom would send his bride or take to his bride. So he did this kiddushin. Savlanus are these gifts that a person gives his bride after kiddushin. So what happened here? He did this kiddushin with less than a shavei pruta or to two one pruta to two women. And then he sends these gifts as if he's married. Because these are gifts, standard gifts uh, that you send after doing kidu, after Kiddushin. It says, Because he's sending them relying on the first Kiddushin. What's that? He's sending these gifts be, assuming that it was a valid Kiddushin. 
And like, again, you might have thought that, okay, when he starts to send these gifts, they can count as the Kiddushin. But this guy's assuming he's already done Kiddushin, and that's why he's sending the gifts. So the gifts are not gifts to perform Kiddushin. It says, So too, if he did Kiddushin to a Katan. You have a young boy, and he gives, does Kiddushin, which doesn't take effect. And then he starts sending these gifts, and when he's 13, he sends a gift. So again, oh, maybe that gift that he sent once he's 13 is the Kiddushin. No, he's relying on that he already did Kiddushin. It says, we need all three cases. Again, what the three cases? One pruta for two women, one less than a pruta for one woman, and a kata. It says, why? If it was the case where he gave one pruta to two women, since he actually gave the amount of money... Then he made a mistake. But if he gave less than a pruta, he should know that there's no kiddushin. And you might say that therefore when he's sending her the gifts, he's sending them as kiddushin. Therefore we need to say, even when he sent her a full pruta. If we would have taught these two cases, it says, person doesn't make a distinction. What? 10, 20 rand? He doesn't think about it. 5 rand, 10 rand. So, so therefore maybe, people don't, aren't so precise. But when a katan performs kiddushin, everyone knows it's invalid. It's nothing. So maybe when he subsequently sent her these gifts, he sent them for Kiddushin. Kamash Malan comes to teach us that they are not Kiddushin. So in all those cases, again, since the initial Kiddushin was not a valid Kiddushin, we assume, and then he sends her these gifts, we assume he's sending the gifts, assuming he did perform Kiddushin. And therefore the, he, that there's no valid marriage, even though he sent her something. Okay, it's my... Rav Huna Omar Choyshishin Lesavlonus, Vachain Omar Rabba Choyshishin Lesavlonus. Rav Huna and Rabba said we take into consideration Sablonus. Rashi explains what's the case here. Yeah? If a man and a woman agreed to get, I'm going to go stay, I wanted to do Tosos, but just because of the time, um, I'm going to stay with Rashi. So Rashi says a man and a woman agreed to marry, and then instead of doing Kiddushin, he sent her Sablonus. He sent her these gifts that are customary to give after Kiddushin. So Omar Rabba, Rabba says, <coughs> But we challenge this teaching. He says, <coughs> Didn't we say in our Mishnah, if you see Sablonus afterwards, we don't assume Kiddushin? I say, you can't assume. Again, our Hagamina here, so according to Rashi, is that he's already, he must have done Kiddushin by the fact that he's sending these gifts. Otherwise, why would he be sending these gifts? So, then they challenge us. Our Mishnah says, when he's sending gifts, we don't, clearly don't assume there's a Kiddushin. So, Omele Abai says, Oh, some Kiddik Tani Time. No, the reason in the Mishnah is taught. Shemachmas Kiddushin Harishayim Sholach. He sent the gifts based on the first Kiddushin. Uh, the first Kiddushin which was invalid because it was less than a Pruta or it was a Pruta to two people or it was a Katan. So, that's why the Mishnah is invalid. But in a normal case... Maybe by the fact that he's sending these gifts, these Saplanos, must be that they are married. To do Kiddushin. So there's another version. Oh my Rabbi Mino Aminalo. Rabbi says, How do I know it? Kiddikani timer because Al Mishnah taught. What's the reason? Shemachmat's Kiddushin Arishonim Shalak. He's sending her the Kiddushin based on the assumption. He's sending her the Saplanos based on the original Kiddushin. Hacha Hu Dutoi. 
Well, in our Mishnah, it's a case where it was a mistake. He wasn't really married. But in general, if someone's sending Savlanus, we would assume that there is a Kiddushin. And Abaya says, no, the Mishnah is no proof. Maybe the Mishnah is a loimi boy. Remember loimi boy we had the other day? Not only in this obvious case, which not in the obvious case, which I don't even need to bother teaching, but even in this case that the Mishnah teaches. And now let's see that. So loimi boy, I don't even need to mention a case where there was no, in a normal case where there's no Kiddushin Klal. Elo, why? He, did, he didn't do Kiddushin, he just sent Sablanus. So obviously there's no marriage. Even here where they started the Kiddushin process, he's given her some money, just not enough, or he's a katan. Says, Eima have Kiddushin, we would say it is a Kiddushin. Therefore it comes to teach us that it's not a Kiddushin. Okay, so you could look at it either way. My Haviala. Yeah, cheers, have a good day. My Haviala, what's the halacha in the end? I'm just going to go up to the Mishnah today, yes. the next Mishnah, not to the bottom of the page. Um, so, so, my Haviala, what's the halacha? Again, if a man is sending these, a girl's tablanus, do we take gifts? Gifts, yeah, something like that. Patience. I heard huh? patience, it comes from the root. Uh, maybe, but that does mean patience, but here it might be because that's you bear something. If you have patience, you're tolerating a lot. So he's carrying, he's bearing these gifts yes. to his bride. I think that might be one of the where the root of Sablanus comes from, but here it's referring to bridal gifts. Like, so, I know there are certain, uh, I think there are certain communities where there are customs of what they send. You know, when you do Kiddush, or when you agree to get married, uh, you know, some, the father-in-law gives a set of shas, or the, she gives him a nice watch, and he gives her a this, and you know, like there are communities where they have certain gifts that you give after. So that's the sort of thing we're discussing. No, there. So Mahabala, what's Allah again? A man sending this girl Savlanus. And they discuss getting married or whatever. We never, we don't know of any Kiddushin. And he's sending her these gifts. Okay. Um, so Omar Rav Papa, Rav Papa said, If it's a place where they always do Kiddushin and then send the gifts, we have to be concerned that they are, have done Kiddushin. Because why else would he be sending her the gifts? If it's Masavli Bahara Makadshi, if it's a place where they sometimes send the gifts before doing Kiddushin, just because they've agreed to get married, I guess I like, oh, you do an engagement and then you send her some gifts, even though you haven't done Kiddushin. Bahara Makadshi, Loi Khashin, and we don't have that worry. You don't have to worry because they send the gifts before the things. Makadshi Bahara Masavli Pshita. If they always do Kiddushin before sending the gifts, it's obvious you, that you would. We have to be concerned that there was a Kiddush. It says, no, it's a case where many people do Kiddushin and then send the gift. But there are a few people who that do send, do send gifts and only then get married. What would you have thought? You should take the mute. You worry about the mute. And Komash Malan is coming to just that we don't. Now, firstly, Nechush, worry about the mute. Here, the mute saying, go lenient. Here, he said, it's a place where most people send gifts and then do, kidu, uh, do Kiddushin and then send gifts. 
But there are a few people who do it the other way around. So we say, Nechush, take those few people into account and say they're not married? That sounds backwards. So Tosos proves that Nechush sometimes means go lenient. Generally it means go shrik, but it means go lenient. But in my mind, I was still struggling because how can you, you have a majority and a minority, and we say, follow the minority to go lenient. That sounds quite difficult to me. So I look, the run actually gives a whole lot of reasons. He says, firstly, she has a chazoka. Her status is a single girl. And now out of doubt, you want to change that to say she's married. So join the mute to that. Secondly, um, he never said these gifts are for Kiddushin. And we don't know about any Kiddushin. So therefore, there are all these mitigating factors why you would say they're not married. That's why you would follow the mute. But what we're saying is, no, since the majority, um, you might have thought that you can go lenient. Chazoka, Rayusa, it's an unusual way to do it. Um, uh, so, uh, sorry, yeah, there's no Chazoka, there's no Kedusha, there's all these factors, sorry, there is a Chazoka, all these factors, so therefore maybe you would have said you can go lenient. Kamash Malam, that no, we go strict. Okay, boy, me nay, Rav Acha Barav Huna Merova. Rav Acha Barav Huna asked Rova, Huxak Stark Suva Beshuk Mahu. If they produce a Suba in the Shuk, what's the halacha? I, you don't know that Ruvain and Rochel are married. But there's a Suba, someone found a Suba that Ruvain wrote for Rochel. So now do we consider Rochel married to Ruvain because of this Suba? Again, it's not a proof. So he says, "Let's so Omerlay the chinof the chimim nashem hafsek shtar ksuba b'shuk nafsek lo kaishesish." What? Just because there's a ksuba written for her, we can now say she's a married woman? Okay, but mahavalo what's the halacha? Says Omer Ravashi va'asher demakadish va'harer kostik ksuba chayshinen. Well, if it's a place where they always get married before they write the ksuba, then you have to take that into consideration and assume maybe she's aishesish. But if it's a place where they write the ksuba before doing kiddushin, and you don't even have to worry that you might be married. Again, what do we do? We write the, the, the ksuba before. First, yeah. And then so we do it before. So we like the second way. So therefore, if you just find a ksuba, no other symbol, no other reasons to assume they're married. You don't have to take worry about it. It would seem, yeah, except that I don't prove that she's married. In our yeah. I was just thinking though, like it should be if 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 the marriage was broke in our the way we do it, if the marriage was broken off after the tzibur has been written, I, that means just before she's walking down to the tzibur, they break off the marriage to be the talk of the town. Okay, something to would so would we apply the salacha? Yeah, I'm going to leave that for the passing. Says Obviously, if they always do kiddushin and then write a ksuba, we should be concerned that she's married in this case where they find the ksuba. Says no It's a place where um, scribes are rare. you might have thought that it is the sofrim happened to find, he was planning on marrying her, they discussed getting married, and he chances upon the sofer, he's like, please just write me a ksuba, I'm going to need it in a few weeks, or a few days, and that's the, so you might have said that, comes along, no, we don't have to worry about that, okay, we'll leave it there for today.